2019 climate transparency report has revealed that uh, almost uh, 23,000 people die in South Africa every year as uh, the result of outdoor air pollution because of strokes, heart disease, lung cancer and chronic respiratory diseases. Advising that South Africa will need to scale up climate action to meet the lower end of its NDC, the nationally determined contributions in 2025 and 2020. Now, on the line, we are joined by uh, human rights activists, founder of uh, the Waterberg Women's Advocacy Organization and the national convener at the Women Affected by Mining in uh, United Action. Hmm? Women Affected by Mining United in Action. Osis uh, Francina Ngosi, as well as... Um, Youth Coordinator for the uh, African Climate Alliance, as well as a Youth Ambassador of uh, the People's Project 90 by uh, 2030, Gabriel Klassen. Both of you, good morning this morning, happy Monday, and a happy uh, Heritage Month. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much for having me, and good morning to uh, the listeners at home. I'm happy to be part of the show. As Francina, how was the Heritage Day and how did you celebrate it? Um, our Heritage Day was good because we have done the picketing all over South Africa. The reason for that, we wanted everyone to take into consideration that we have damage even though we can wear beautiful clothes and do whatever we want, but we still have climate change and we need to change from that to opt Mm -hmm. to just transition for cleaner jobs for everyone and to save the climate. Yeah, your your heritage day was busy. It was work for you. It wasn't time to celebrate. It was agitating for the right things. Gabriel, how was yours? Mine was quite well. Thank you for um, first of all, thank you for having us um, this morning, and um, hello to all the listeners at home. Um, yeah, my heritage day was was quite good. Uh, I, <laughs> unlike Francina, um, I I spent it with with family, and we we really celebrated our culture. You know, oftentimes uh, it's viewed as colored people don't have culture, but we really played our music <laughs> on on the twenty fourth, and we we ate our food and we enjoyed ourselves. And it was just really nice to once again, on a socially distant level, <laughs> um, be able to touch base with one another and remember that, you know, it's really the, the people that matter, you know, and, and draw you back to the mindset of uh, if we don't save the world, like Francine is mentioning, you know, that these people that we care about so dearly, you know, the, the future won't be there for, for us and for our generations to come. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, Gabriel, you can celebrate any culture you want because you can choose. You can do this one next year, the other one next year. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> as long as it doesn't cost you a lot of money, but, you know, you can get on with it. Now, you are part of a coalition, the Climate Justice Coalition. As Francina, what is it about? How did you get together? What's going on here? Okay, the coalition to get together... Uh, it looked at how uh, the global warming is affecting 
us, all of us here. And we came together as civil organization, NGOs, and also uh, the people like SAFTU. Um, then we sat down and said, why can't we talk about the reality? What is affecting us now? What can be done to save our planet? That's how the coalition was formed. And our reason for that is that we don't say we don't want anyone to work, but we want everyone to work in a clean job. We want everyone to be able to to have the community sustainable jobs. And we want our government to change the way they do things. They need to consult the communities, the host communities, because they are the ones who are violated and they are the ones who are affected by uh, air pollution and water contamination. Gabriel, do you think issues around climate change are taken very seriously in in South Africa or it becomes an event as opposed to being a process at uh, achieving the levels that you guys want to see? I think that... Sorry, go go for it, go for it. Okay. Gabriel, go for it. Oh, awesome. Um, I think that, you know, South Africa... We, we for, for years viewed climate um, injustice as you know, and, and still now in many communities we view it as as not a priority, and that makes 100% um, you know sense because for many of us in you know frontline communities you know uh, we we can't afford to just view it as climate justice as climate change because it's like. You know, I've got family members who, who don't care what, about the work I do because they're more worried about, you know, where they're going to get the next meal. And for me, my next meal is dependent on, you know, the, the work that I do here. But, you know, I think that we, we're on the right track. I think that we, we truly are pushing toward the right aspect, but that we can only do it together and that it involves every single person pushing forward for, uh, you know, uh, the, the the tackling of inequality, you know, poverty and unemployment, um, which we are plagued by here in South Africa, you know. We all need to advocate for climate justice um, uh, and in environmental justice, uh, you know, aspects of, of social injustice as well. Um, and that way, you don't only just push for, for you know, climate, climate uh, action, but for system change at the end of the day. I was just going to say, because, you know, when you're talking climate, uh, it involves a bit of science and the environment and, and all of that. But then I understand as a coalition, you look at other areas as well mm. to get the, the climate as in everybody being on equal footing. Uh, because for me, I would look at things such as food security, because many people go to bed hungry. Uh, mm-hmm. Francina, would you agree? I agree with you fully because climate change affects our land. If we don't have land to do farming, then it means uh, we've lost our heritage. That, that is the main heritage. Then we want to improve life 
of farmers also in breeding. You know, um, we want uh, to increase the pesticide-free food uh, sovereignty because we don't want GMOs. We want people to continue using their indigenous seeds. And we want us to continue the way we did way back so that we can be able to eat food that won't kill us. We don't want the scientific food. We want our indigenous ones. That's where we will be happy and say we are celebrating the heritage. But now we 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 moving to the fourth industrial revolution where we, we everything is scientific. We want things that we, we want to, to you know to preserve our uh, indigenous knowledge and indigenous and also protect those uh, animals and also those indigenous plants and trees so that the future generation can be able to know that what was happening way back. We don't want to kill um, our natural food and our natural uh, knowledge that we have now. We're chatting to activists, I shall call them, Gabriel Klassen, as well as Assis Francina Corsi, um, they're part of the Climate Justice Coalition. Now, uh, Gabriel, on Friday, you guys marked uh, the mm. day, what, what International Global Day of Climate Action. So, um, that is, so on the, on the 25th of September each year, following the um, Fridays for Future call for, for action. Um, we saw what happened last year on the two, on, in 2019, and it happened once again this year. And the only difference this year is that we have to be extra careful because we didn't want to contract coronavirus, you know. Um, we needed to push for, for, social, for social distancing and for people to wear masks, but they were more than happy to do so if it meant that they could get back out there and, you know, call for, for an end of, of um, climate and economic and social injustice. Um, and so on the 25th of September, which is Friday, um, everyone around the world, especially here in South Africa, um, we pushed and we, we gathered in our different communities um, and we really pushed for, um, you know, not only here in SA, because we, we can't afford to only push, I mentioned, for climate um, justice, but here in SA, we had to push for economic justice as well as social justice um, because these are, these are aspects that intersect one another. Um, we can't afford to just make it a, a kind of, you know, put the, put the horses, um, you know, guiders on the eyes. We, we can't afford to do that. We have to look to the side, to the left and the right of ourselves and see what's happening and plaguing in our communities. And so, um, you know, this movement for the past few years has really been building with youth at the helm of the ship, um, guiding us through it. Um, and, you know, we, you know, it's just, it's just like everyone understands that youth might be the front line of this kind of movement, but that doesn't mean that we are in it alone. We have, you know, supporters and people just as powerfully strong standing beside us, um, you know, who are older, who are more experienced. You know, they call this a climate apartheid because it's affecting the same people that were affected during apartheid. You know, black, brown, and, you know, indigenous communities um, are most affected by climate injustice. And that's why it's important that we fight climate injustice. 
Um, and that's why it's, it's great that we've got so many experienced activists and mobilizers um, to, to really show us youth how we can do it and how we go about doing it. Um, and they can really learn from us what we need for our future to grow and to build. Um, so that, you know, not only is it a, a social or an economic or an environmental justice, but that we really do build a deeper and stronger and more powerful movement together. Wow. 18 minutes to four, as have um, Francine Nkosi and, of course, Gabriel Klassen talking to us about... Uh, uh, basically a call to action by many of us, not only the authorities, but uh, us as private citizens as well, to make sure that the environment we live in is a, an environment we want to leave behind as clean as it can be. SAFM. Says Francina, you guys also uh, launched the campaign for a green new ESCOM? Yes, that's clear. Um, we want ESCOM not to rely more on coke. We want ESCOM to also look at opting to renewable energy. Um, there are power stations that are not working. Why ESCOM can't uh, use it so that the communities can get clean energy by opting into using these uh, sewage blockages that are running through the communities, affecting communities uh, by generating electricity, and then uh, communities can be able to access clean manure that they can use for uh, food sovereignty. I think it's high time that we don't... Uh, the RIT not to... Uh, look at coal only. It's high time that we opt out from coal and we look at the possibilities of green energy that is clean and that is not harmful to livelihoods. Gabriel, would you do you think ESCOM is enough? Would you be looking possibly at the mining sector and other industries to also go green? I believe that, you know, ESCOM is one, you know, we, we know that ESCOM is one of our largest climate polluters on the continent, you know, in, in, South, Africa, in South Africa, in the country as well. Um, you know, but I do think that we do need, ESCOM is a great, ESCOM is to go through a just transition or transition toward, um, you know, energy that is renewable and, 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 you know, I'm not going to say clean because oftentimes we, we hear government talk about clean coal, but there's no such thing as clean coal. Um, and so, I do think that while ESCOM would be a great, you know, beginning point, that we do need to see a shift in massive businesses and in other um, mining factions because this is not a sustainable future for many. Um, coal is, is running up. Um, you know, oftentimes you hear our ministers um, speak about coal being, you know, South Africa being the, the, the coal giant of, 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 of you know, the, the way that we move forward is with coal. But honestly, we've got to look at, you know, retraining our our miners and, and you know, in, in more sustainable and, you know, uh, developed renewable energy jobs. That way, not only do we begin providing, you know, opportunities to, to not 
be unemployed after mines are closed because they will close one day, whether or not we, we like it. But it, it's the only way that we go forward is, you know, through a, a just transition um, from um, harmful fossil fuels to renewable energy that is equitable. Um, you know, oftentimes we hear people talk about equality. Um, and in this situation, we need equitable transition because it's, it's going to be different for, for someone who lives in, for example, just using Cape Town for example, it's going to be different for someone living in Constantia than it is for someone like me living in Gatesville. Um, my community will be needed to, to be a lot more focused on when it comes to the transition and to give everyone an equal amount of, you know, the, the same thing. It's not how things are done because, you know, one community might need something more to build that resilience and to, to keep that strength. And so I do believe that big business, big corporation, um, and, you know, mining um, and the mining industry needs to, to, to adopt that mindset, um, not only for the future of, of our environment, um, you know, but also for the future of the people living in the affected communities, because for many, that is the only opportunity for, for work. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a saying, do you, is, it, is it fair to, to, to blame someone for working there? Because you can't blame someone for working at ESCOM. You can't blame someone for working in a mine, because mm. one, many of your power comes from those mines. You can't blame someone for working there. They are working there because it's the one source of income that they can control for their family. And we need to come out of this mindset of blaming the person, but rather blaming the, the corporation for the ways that things go forward and, and holding our government accountable for, for not putting in position, you know, structures that will support the way forward through a just recovery and a just transition. 12 minutes at 5 on SFM 891 SMS 41391 because there's only 150 tweeters on Facebook at SFM Radio using the hashtag SFM Sound Awake. Gabriel Klassen and Francine Nkosi are guests are talking climate change and a whole lot more. we we'll talk more in a moment. Stay with us. SFM has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech, or contain violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. PO Box 142365. Craig Hall, 2024. Fax to 011-326-3198. Or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za. Coming up to 10 minutes to 5, uh, news on the hour with uh, Nomsam Juli. And, of course, uh, Elvis Preston will bring you the Monday edition of uh, First Take SA. Francine Ngozi and uh, Gabriel Klassen, activist in the climate space, talking to us this morning. Um, ask us this, Francina, uh, the hashtag just recovery from COVID-19. Please tell us about that. Um, the hashtag is about 
looking at how communities have been affected by COVID-19. Most of the communities still now, they don't have access to water. Most of the communities, they had that they were food persons, but there was nothing for that. Now, we need to look at COVID-19 beyond because um, what happened, it changed our lives dearly because most of people have lost their jobs and even now they don't know how they're going to survive. For us, we say we want people to, to, to think about uh, the beyond thing because uh, we are not yet over the COVID-19 and we want uh, communities to be able to to be protected, uh, to live uh, freely, uh, you know, to 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 be able to overcome this. But um, for us, it's to educate the community about how how they can overcome this COVID-19 and how. It affected them because you can't uh, talk about the overcoming of this without talking about how this affected you. And we need to be able to think out of the box and beyond this uh, so that we can be able to be stronger and be able to recover from the COVID-19. Thank you. Um, Gabriel, you you guys have highlighted that uh, South Africa is the biggest polluter on the African continent. Mm. Sure, it, 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 it boggles my head. I'm trying to get my head around it. I'm trying to think now, where does this pollution come from? Or what kind of pollution has put us at the top of uh, the fruit chain, as it were? Africa's biggest polluters, in what sense? Yeah, so I was quite surprised when I found it as well because I was I really had to take a step back because um, apparently we are and I could be could be wrong but I, I believe I'm right um, we are the 14th biggest um, polluter in the world um, and so honestly it's 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 not a surprise when you really think about it but it really is um, because the way that we push coal and the way that government you know allows for for certain um you know laid back reactions to to you know the the, the ESCOMs and the settles of, of our country. Um you know just just as we entered um lockdown this year um in April um you know our minister um on of the Department of Environmental Policies and Fisheries, Barbara Tracy, and she had lower regulations um for um, CO2 emissions, which is, you know, uh, sulfur dioxide and uh, FA2 emissions, sorry, um, sulfur dioxide. And, you know, that really affects many communities because of air pollution. And so it, it makes you think, um, you know, not only in that moment was it a profit over people situation, and the reason it was profit over people is because um, she really did give all the, I'm going to say the department, instead of just putting the emphasis on one person, but the department really did say, we're going to let this common sense have a break in the emissions and the amount of the, that the limit that they can, that they can set. And we're going to say, you know what, we don't really care 
even show that we don't really care about communities affected. Um, because, you know, COVID-19 is a respiratory disease. Um, and and so it was quite surprising to see that happen. Hmm. Um, and that's just one example um, of the way that our air is so polluted, you know, and so coal and burning of fossil fuels is truly, you know, I think in my, in my greatest opinion, it's, it's something that put us on the top here on, in, in Africa. And it's for, for, for one of the things that you shouldn't be happy about <laughs> is that we are the, 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 the biggest emitter um, of uh, fossil fuels, you know, here on, on, the, on the African continent. We shouldn't be happy to be the, the number one in this regard. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've got the greatest potential to move forward and change the way that we Absolutely. Sis Ramsina, how do we get hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can say Mining Affected Communities United in Action. You will find us on Facebook and also um, you can find us also on Facebook at Waterbed Women Advocacy uh, Organization uh, on Facebook. And also we have uh, a blog for Makua. Wamoa, that's where we talk about nothing about us without us and we say we want people to benefit and also the government to uh, take in consideration that we need FPIC, free prior and informed consent now so that communities can say what they feel about the project, not to be imposed about what they need. Gabriel, how do we get hold of you? Um, you can find um, me through, because I manage most of the social media, you can find me um, on all of Project 90 by 2030's social media or on their blog 90by2030.org.za. You can also find me at African Climate Alliance all on social media. Um, and then, of course, um, if, you, if you'd like to you know, find us on the coali- at the coalition, you can just search the Climate Justice Coalition into Google and you should see us pop up as a page on 350 Africa, um, you know, is um, their, their page. And you can either join the coalition or then you can support the movement towards a just recovery, um, to, to, to a just future, to a just recovery and a just transition. And I believe that that's the way that we move forward in life. Well, both of you, keep up the good work. I think you've planted a seed. It's just uh, getting more people to buy in and uh, to act likewise because the sooner we do it as you say it might just be too late for us thank you for joining us and wishing you a fabulous monday thank you for having me thank you for having me and have a lovely day you too thank you so much Uh, these are the activists these are the people that make the world go round uh as human rights activist uh, as um francina gossi and of course uh uh, Gabriel Klassen as well, a youth activist uh, talking climate change. They also have a podcast which is available at justusandtheclimate.org. Justusandtheclimate.org. They have a podcast called Just Us and the Climate. Just Us and the Climate. You'll be able to hear a lot more about what it is that they do because uh, it's high time. We looked at these things and we looked at these things in earnest.